Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The anti-intellectual who tested into college as a blank exam hero. Written by Alex Koval. Published in SupChina. Read to you by Cliff Larson. Today saw the start of China's notorious Gaokao, the National College Entrance Exam, and this year's 10.78 million examinees make this not only the largest Gaokao in Chinese history, but also the largest exam in all of human history. China's reliance on exams as a means of assessing an individual's ability is both famous and ancient, but one man during the Mao years, managed to buck the system, not only getting into his university of choice, but also earning a place on its management committee by turning in a blank answer sheet. Who is Zhang Tiesheng? Zhang Tiesheng, the blank exam hero, is either a shameless opportunist or a virtuous pawn. It's hard to accurately sketch Zhang's character when most of the people who talk about him have a vested interest in raising him up, dragging him down, or during reform and opening up, clearing his name. Zhang has kept entirely out of the spotlight since his imprisonment from 1983 to 1991, so there is little else to go on. Born in 1950 in Liaoning province, Zhang was sent down to the countryside along with many city youths in 1968, slowly working his way to becoming the leader of a commune production team. But in 1973, he was chosen by county cadres to take the ex entrance exam to go to university. The thinking during the Cultural Revolution was that admission examinations had been a way of maintaining a bourgeois intellectual elite in universities. Bourgeois intellectuals must no longer dominate our schools, was Mao's favorite directive of May 7, 1966. If more students from lower-class backgrounds were able to get into college, the bar needed to be lowered, and factors other than academic rigor needed to be prioritized. Those who wanted to be sent to university needed a good class and political background workers, farmers, or peasants, to have worked for at least two years in communes or factories and have the recommendation and approval of cadres from different levels of government. But the lack of entrance exams demotivated teachers and students, leading to quality decline on campus. Admissions also became dependent on backroom deals with local cadres who used their position to recommend their own relatives, a despised practice that became known as using the back door. 
From 1970, although there was still no centralized exam, the National Gaokao wouldn't be restored until 1977. Universities had started reintroducing exams of their own campuses to improve student quality. In 1973, the year that Zhang sat the exam, the state council approved a document advising more consideration be given to exam results alongside a recommendation of good character to the consternation of the hardline gang of four led by Jiang Qing, a.k.a. Madame Mao. This is how Zhang found his moment of fame. The story goes that at the end of the exams, Zhang turned in a blank answer paper, writing a statement on the back that he had only been given two days' notice for the test, while working 18 hours a day in the fields had been his sole educational training. It was a mind-blowing experience to stare at the geometry and physics and chemistry questions on this paper today, he wrote. He had been too invested in his own self-struggle to say nothing of the harvest and food quotas. It wasn't that he couldn't have done well if he had tried. Indeed, he claimed that if they gave him two more days, he guaranteed he'd get full marks. Speaking truly, I had no respect for these bookworms who have never done a day of honest work. Indeed, I'm disgusted with them. The examination will be monopolized by those who are obsessed with college study. I feel frustrated because these few hours of written examinations can disqualify me and keep me from entering university. He appeared to wash his hands of the whole thing, including that he could easily answer a few of the questions by flipping through the textbook provided, but in my heart, that would feel unpleasant. Turns out he played his cards exactly right. Liao Ning's party secretary, Mao Yuanxin, Mao's nephew, heard about the incident. He ordered Liao Ning's local newspaper to publish an editorial in large characters. Although he seemingly could not answer the questions in physics and chemistry, the answer he returned was original and inspiring, read the editorial. People's Daily republished the piece three weeks later, as did all the other major newspapers in the country. Mao Zedong mentioned Zhang approvingly in passing. Jiang Qing called him a hero who dared to go against the tide, and a learn-from-comrade Zhang Tiesheng campaign was trumpeted in numerous media all over the country. Zhang became a figurehead for an easily recognizable brand of anti-intellectualism. For example, in the 1975 movie Breaking with Old Ideas, filmed when doubts about cultural revolution policies were widespread but debated by proxy, the championing of the importance of labor over academic qualifications gets heavy airtime. Set in the Jiangxi Communist Labor University during the Great Leap Forward, students abandon an important exam to save a sudden disastrous crop pest invasion while the college president considers calluses on the hands as qualifications enough for local carpenter to gain entry. But in real life, Zhang caused a new wave of campus backlash. The exams of 1973 were declared invalid, much to the consternation of those Zhang had rallied against. One such bookworm was Yi Hongpang, who would go on to become a history professor at Miami University, Ohio. 
She had studied on her own for a couple of hours every evening after work in her dorm by the light of a kerosene lamp, thinking it the best way out of the Anhui countryside. Disappointed and angry, I wondered what was wrong with wanting to go to university, she wrote years later. Although continuing to use admissions exams, universities became reluctant to accept those with high-scoring test papers, instead admitting those with low grades. Noted historian Shen Zhihua reportedly got full marks in mathematics, but burned his science books once he heard about Zhang's success story and switched to humanities to work out what was wrong with this society. Zhang succeeded all right. Admitted to the Department of Veterinary Science of the Tieling Agricultural Institute in Liaoning, he was then also made a member of the university's leadership team and party members. But by 1975, he was a member of the Standing Committee of the Fourth National People's Congress. A Swift Fall With Mao's death, the end of the Cultural Revolution, and the arrest of the Gang of Four, Zhang was like a puppet whose strings had been cut. He too was arrested, ridiculed as fraudulent counter-revolutionary clown in an intense media campaign launched to discredit the gang and their stooges. The questions asked were not difficult, and the candidates could refer to textbooks, crowed the Peking Review in 1977 article. Zhang had not, it turned out, turned in a blank answer sheet, merely one that was terrible. Zhang's level was hopelessly low, according to the Peking Review. He got 61 in math, 38 in the Chinese language, and 6 in physics and chemistry. He had made it very clear, at least in the propaganda, that he was turning in a blank paper for physics and chemistry, it seems, says Stanley Rosen, professor of political science at the University of Southern California, so it's possible that he scored a 6%. The Peking Review claims that Zhang wrote his letter in desperation, knowing full well he would fail. Selfish appeals like, this is what I've always dreamed of and wanted, and will the leadership at all levels please give consideration to my application, had been deleted by Mao Yunxin before it was published. A bogus model needed to inspire others was very common in those days, says Rosen. Zhang had had then begged a teacher friend who was the director of the county bureau of education to help him push his cause forward. Academics Guo Jian, Yong Yisong, and Yuan Zhou back up the accusation from Peking Review article that Zhang went to Beijing to sow discord and confusion, saying he also toured Shanxi and caused unrest wherever he went, talking about himself as a sword and gun fighting restoration maniacs. A court in Liaoning sentenced the 26-year-old to 15 years in 1983. I was as simple-minded as a calf at that time, and I could only parrot the words he pleaded in his defense. In 1977, two months after regaining his power base, Deng Xiaoping, announced a full return to university admissions solely through exams held at the end of high school. College enrollment was a direct bearing on the quality of college graduates and affects primary and middle school education, read a People's Daily editorial in October 1977. Thus, it is a matter of major importance. A Reset at Life Upon his release in 1991, 
China had changed beyond recognition. Where's the insect? What bug is that? Zhang supposedly asked when a friend's pager started beeping. He had been humbled and embarrassed by his time in prison, and he tried hard to avoid publicity, staying indoors, listening to the radio, and wearing sunglasses. Unsurprisingly, he struggled to find new employment, and the local government considered finding work for him a sensitive subject. After several years of rejection, his pregnant wife introduced him to her former student, Jin Weidong, who would change his life. At that point, Jin was a salesman with a master's from Shenyang Agricultural University, responsible for managing the northeast branches of Chai Tai Kangdi, a Shenzhen-based company specializing in producing and distributing animal feed. Jin hired Zhang, helping him learn the ropes of business and later praised him in an interview as selfless, hardworking, and misunderstood. Zhang currently owns 8.5% of Wellhope Agritech, a giant in animal husbandry and raw meat processing, which he and Jin helped found. In 2014, the New York Times estimated Zhang's worth from his company at 61.8 million U.S. dollars thanks to an IPO on the Shanghai Stock Exchange. In 2020, the company reported an operating revenue of 9.8 billion renminbi, $1.5 billion. Zhang's current living habits are hard to verify, but his Sohu blog post claims that he has acquired permanent residency rights in New Zealand. Although now a historical footnote, his success story of amassing substantial wealth despite not even trying in his exams in a society that expects fat cats to rise up through hard work and personal merit rather than contacts and privilege would leave a bitter taste in the mouths of the 10.78 million now sweating through their gaokao. Chinese Lives is a recurring series.